Mic check one, check one. Check two, check two. All Hello. Aloha, everybody. Um, I say that because you want to be in. Hawaii, I wish right we now. were in Hawaii. I wish we were doing the show in Hawaii right now. Every sh- this, we should always do with this. We should go to Hawaii once a month. I wouldn't be against that. Okay, I might move there. I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. Just stay away from the gangs. <laughs> the gangs. All right, that's the dumbest thing. Watch the gangs. You know we live in L.A., right? Yeah, yeah. Like, watch the gangs. Watch be careful. The, yeah, the gangs. and there's a lot of crack there. Yeah, okay. So just be careful. Yeah, the, yeah. it's so much more dangerous yes. than tranquil Los yes. Angeles. Yes, and giant crabs. You have to watch for giant <laughs> <Yeah>. crabs. <laughs> Nothing that you says makes sense. You literally are just being a person from Iowa. Yeah, it's like, it's like a, they heard one little thing, and you can't get a good pot roast. Yeah, you can't. You can't get a good pot roast in Hawaii. Well, you're an asshole if that's what you're looking for when you go to Hawaii. You should be eating fish, which you should be, doing. and you should be serving. and giant crabs and giant crabs, which are in gangs <laughs> that hunt you down. Yes, this is the dumbest opening that we've ever had, and we've done some dumb. God, openings. we've done some stupid openings. This show, so, by and large, is we, we got a lot. We're going to talk about today. We're going to do Purge Anarchy, Snowpiercer. We're going to talk about. Um, I love how podcast you just, festival. You just shut down that dumb riff. I tried. You tried. Did I? Did I succeed? Yes, you did. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. All right. We'll see. Might come you back. You started the stupid riff and yeah. then you ended it. I, I yeah, and neither was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, so, we got a lot of cool movies to talk about. Um, I have much to say about the purge. I can't wait to hear it, um, and I got a lot to say about Snowpiercer too. All right. Well, this um, is uh, going to be exciting business. Um. So uh, I guess we'll just, what do we want to do? We want to update some folks on... Uh... Yeah, we, one of the things we want to mention is the um, Dana Gould t-shirts. We were a little backordered on those. We are catching up and going through all of those orders right now. The demand has been incredible. It's and been great. Uh, yeah, we, we just need to get more from the supplier. Right. So they're going we, out as fast as we get them, we send them out. We got um, we got almost all of them sent out. We did. We got almost, we're just a little back, but we, but so... Some people were like, I ordered this two weeks ago. And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we, we can't print them. Yeah. We can only ship Some them out when we get them. But uh, was, um, there, yeah, there's a couple that are still outstanding, but we're, uh, we're 90% through them. Right. So they're coming soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to be in Comic-Con this week. Oh, my God. So excited about Comic-Con. I can't even tell you how excited I am about Comic-Con. I love going every year, but this year we're going to be pretty busy. We're gonna be, we, we have meetings set up, uh-huh. interviews. We're going to probably do Rotten Tomatoes. We're going to do Rick Meyer's Kung Fu Extravaganza on Thursday night at 8. Well, here's the thing that I just found out about Rick Meyer's and Kung Fu. Let's talk about that for a moment. Are you premiering? You know what's weird? Rick Comic-Con, all the stuff we have going on, you're premiering a movie that you're in, and I'm premiering a comic book. That's <laughs> so great. Usually we just went down there as fan nerds. I would just mm-hmm. go down there to buy Batman paraphernalia. As yes. Well. And, and and the movie's not Earbuds that you're premiering. It's not Earbuds. <laughs> Earbuds is in post-production. So I... Um, 
the martial arts kid yes. that I played security guard number one, which yeah. <laughs> I, if I don't get an Oscar for that, something is wrong. Yeah, the system the- is broken. <laughs> um, but I'm, I, uh, Jim Wilson, Don, the dragon Wilson's uh, brother, uh, Don, of course has been on the show. It's Don and Cynthia Rothrock, um, calls me and goes, Hey, you're on the panel with Cynthia and James Liu. And I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, you're right. And I, you didn't tell us? He goes, and you didn't tell us? I go, I didn't know. He goes, we're showing a, a, a trailer. The movie that you're in. Yeah, we're showing a trailer of Martial Arts Kid. I went, what? Because James Liu, who we did the panel with last year, is mm-hmm. an amazing martial artist and fight choreographer. He did the fight choreography on Martial Arts Kid, which I was there one of the days, mm-hmm. which was so cool. And now they're recutting the trailer. He goes, we're going to recut the put yeah. your scene. And I go... Well, that shouldn't take that much work because I have like one or two <laughs> lines. I don't have a lot of lines, but he's going to put it in there. So, folks, if you are at Comic-Con and come to Rick Meyer's Kung Fu Extravaganza, you will see the martial arts kid, a tra- like a three-minute trailer of it or whatever. And you'll Cynthia Rothrock will be there. Yes. And James Liu. And they'll go into more detail about mm-hmm. everything that they did because mm-hmm. she's one of the co-stars. So more reason yes. to come to Rick Meyer's Kung Fu Extravaganza. And also, um, Eric Jacobus from The Stunt People will also be on that panel. We will be announcing a project with him very soon as well. Dude, it is all coming together. And uh, also, I'm really excited. I'm going to be at the Thrillbent uh, panel with Mark Wade on um, Thursday as well, but at 5.30. It's going to be really cool. We're going to announce uh, my new comic book, uh, Long Ago and Far Away. And also... Uh, we're going to be taking pitches because Mark Wade is going to fund one digital comic book. What? So if you're there uh, and you want to pitch a comic book, you can pitch to Mark Wade and myself. And let's just say if you uh, say while you're pitching that you're a big comedy film nerds fan, I might put in a word for you at, uh, mm. with Mark Wade. To get you your up digital, to the top uh, of the list, maybe. How's that <laughs> to sound? To get your digital comic made. Um, well, that's awesome. Well, I think um, we should introduce our guest because I know he's going to be having some business. He's going to want to talk about. He goes to Comic Con every year, as every well. year, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he's been Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> he's been on the show before. Uh, he has a very funny podcast um, called The Naughty Show, which of course will be in this year's Podfest. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Tripoli. Guys, thank you so much for having me. Sounds like you guys have amazing stuff going on. Well, what a great! Th- well, you guys in Hawaii <laughs> <laughs> going to. Comic Con, you're yeah. kid- that's awesome. It's great. We're, you're in a karate movie. It's yeah. the coolest thing. It is the coolest. I didn't get to do any action scenes. Which What's is- your character's name, by the way? I think it's Security Guard Number One. Yeah, I think they gotta give you a name, dude. Yeah. They gotta give you something. Officer, yeah, Jenkins yeah. or something like that. Maybe I'm just gonna invent a name. We are living every 18 year old boy's dream. Yeah, we are. How mm-hmm. awesome is that? 30 man? years Being later, in a karate movie, <laughs> going to Comic Con, that's and then they're gonna show your movie at Comic Con. I did a scene with Don the Dragon Wilson which was like boyhood hero to watch him, you know, and it's a scene where, you know, it's a quick interaction, but he was the coolest guy. And watching these guys, like James Liu with TJ Storm, who's an amazing martial artist. What a great name TJ Storm is. He is such a bad guy. What else could you do with a name like that? You can't work at Burger King when your name is TJ Storm. No, and when you, and Google him online. Storm is like, well, everyone just calls him Storm, but TJ, he's, He's an amazing physical specimen. I'm sure. He is one of the nicest guys you're ever mm-hmm. going to meet. And he, though, to watch him and Don, I was there. They had been doing this fight scene all day. That's a lot of mm-hmm. work. Yeah, I'm sure. And and you'd see they'd be like cut, and they'd be like, oh, you could tell they were tired. But when the cameras were on, man, they were in Go it. time. Such professionals. 
Now, when you're around guys like that, like, uh, you know, the fight choreographers, these legends of martial arts, they really yes, are legends. Yes, I hope someone starts a fight. No, yeah. I was going to say, it's like when you're talking to them, because they're all nice guys, too, when right. you talk to them, uh, like when we had Don the Dragon Wilson in, as you're talking to him, isn't it always kind of in the back of your head that, like, I think he's going to punch me in the face? <laughs> I think at some point something's not well, going to sit well and he's going to punch there, me in the face. The Bruce Lee, wasn't there a legendary Bruce Lee fight on set where he actually got in a fight with one of the guys yeah. in the movie and like they just filmed it and they're yeah. like, well, this oh, it's really going right now. And like, let's get this. Like, that's what you're hoping for. Just <laughs> I'm doing Bruce yeah. Lee. Maybe he'll beat the hell out of somebody. Yeah. Keep, keep the camera rolling. Well, yeah. I know, I know, Sam. Like you've you you've watched a lot of UFC. You've done a All lot day, of shows every day. Yeah, and 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 so you've been you've met these guys. And when you're hanging out with them, I remember when we were doing Chris, we were doing a show in Cincinnati, and Rich Franklin was hanging out with us after the show. You said to me. I hope some guy starts some shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't you just, when you're hanging out with these yeah. guys, and again, Sam, you, you, they're the nicest guys. They're cool and they're professional. They're laid back. They're laid yeah. back because they're they're like. And know. in their heads, they're thinking, I hope that's the opposite of what happens. Yeah, they I don't hope want Nobody that. starts any. You just, you just hope some dumb shithead, like, hey, fucking pussy. And yeah. Like, yeah, and you want to see him get his ass kicked. Just, I've always felt bad for bouncers. In Vegas, because that's kind of like MMA hub. Yeah. Like every week there's a fight in some, yeah, yeah. and that means all these MMA fighters come yeah. in. Imagine if you're like bouncing at a, like a very popular club out there. Like you don't know who you're going to about to bounce. You don't know who yeah. this guy is or what discipline he has. You never know. Yeah. You're like, hey, dude, you got to go, oh, God. And they just choke you out. You're like, man, I'm just trying to pay bills here, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I would be... I, well, I guess in Vegas, you can't hire a guy that's just big anymore. Yeah. Like, you got to be like, what... What's your ranking? Like, what's yeah. your, what's your <laughs> what belt are you, bro? Yeah. How many do you belts have, do you have? Do you There's have a, a sponsor? <laughs> There's a, a story of uh, Joe Rogan was got hired to do some big event in Vegas, like some corporate gig, mm -hmm. and he's late and he's trying to go in, and the this giant bouncer won't let him in. And he's like, hey, dude, I got to get in there. I'm doing a show. They pay me to be there. And the bouncer's like, nah, dude, you're not going in there. And like, the bouncer goes, points at his chest goes no dude you're not gonna do it. grabs his finger cranks it down guy goes down okay you can go in like you don't know <laughs> who you're messing with and you're right that's gotta be like every bouncer's nightmare like yeah. any dude getting crazy you gotta bounce him and he knows like karate or jujitsu right. he's just a navy seal and he's already like has his you know you just have a red dot on your forehead and you're just like <laughs> take, take it somewhere else <laughs> yeah, no. dude i do a podcast called punch drunk sports it's a sports podcast and we do fight of the week and so every week I'm looking for like mm -hmm. these YouTube videos of fight of the week. And you even see on like the lowest level of martial arts, how these dudes low level mar mess up everybody. Yeah. Like there's a million ones of just some dude who probably took jujitsu for about four or five days, just throwing rear naked chokes yes. on everybody. There's one of this, these two guys fighting in a Jack in a box over a cheeseburger. And the one dude is really big. And the one dude's very small. Big dude goes at him, guy takes him down, single leg, gets him, and throws him in a jujitsu clamp and just chokes him out. And you're like, <laughs> Does he eat the cheeseburger after? Then he, I think he takes his cheeseburger. He stands over the big dude and like, yeah, delicious. Yeah. There you go. Mm. So that's like, it's crazy. Now, if you're a bouncer, you every day you're worrying about every that. Jack day. in the box always tastes better after victory. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great t shirt right there. <laughs> We're going to be selling those any yeah. day soon. Um, 
But like, let, let's get back to um, you're going to be down at Comic Con too. Very excited. I'm uh, every you know for the last like three or four years I've been going to Comic Con. I've been hired by sponsors to do stuff, but, but this time I'm doing the Madhouse, which is a really great comedy club in uh, in San Diego. There's two clubs there. There's the American Comedy Company, right? And then there's the Madhouse. They're like really close together, but they're both great. And it's like one of the most beautiful. Areas of the world is San Diego. Oh, come on, Gaslamp is so great. I love not just, not just the the weather, but the people walking Every, around. You're gorgeous. like, this is a deep gene pool right yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> and you're, they're not in show business. Yeah, it's so great, right? It's like, oh, I work in accounting. Where at yeah. a hottie convention? <laughs> like, what do you? That's why they're always like, oh man, Comic Con's getting too big for San Diego. We might have to move. It. I'm like, if you move it, you really ruin what makes that particular Comic Con so great, which is the incredibly gorgeous locals yes. dressed up like your favorite comic book character yeah it's it's the best time literally ever. like you're you you're like some girls like or guys just selling like frozen yogurt in the gas lamp and they're just like you should be like running a country <laughs> because you're that good looking war should happen for, for you. you 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 two dudes running country should be fighting over <laughs> your love yes someone should hide in a wooden horse yes. to get you back from you another to country. walk into the cw and go my series. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. when it starts today. Like, I don't know why LA doesn't just go to find talent down there. Uh, it's it's un- and a lot of them are like, oh, I don't like LA and I don't want to do show business. Well, what uh, what Sandy what Comic-Con has finally done is that cuz there's nowhere to expand, there's water. So what they've done now is they started doing programming all in the surrounding hotels and areas. Like Petco Park now is a huge Inst- oh really? Installations there to put stuff in, yeah, and uh, also like the hotels, you need badges to go into certain stuff in the hotels now that are next to the convention center because Comic Con had nowhere else to go; it had to just start absorbing all the <laughs> these surrounding areas. No, oh, that's just all of Southern Cal is just completely developed. It's like I where know. do you go? I you know? know, but they have to find a way to build that convention center better. They're like, let's move to LA. I'm like, it would not be the same no. thing if you, uh, yeah, you could move it to LA Live. You'd have plenty of space. It would be, it would be fun. But it wouldn't be San Diego. Well, yeah, it has that San Diego flavor to it. Yeah, yeah. and San Diego's economy would crumble. Yeah, big time. Like this has to be fifty percent of their revenue. It's, it's huge parts like that and the military. That's yeah. the two big things where they make their money. Mm-hmm. And the weather. That's it. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> yeah. those two things. And just... Sea World. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's rough, right? <laughs> um, all right. Well, cool. So, uh, guys, go down to Comic Con and and uh... if you guys are there and you want to do a set, let me know. All right. Cool. My I know you guys will be going around to different parties probably, but if you get bored and you want to do a quick set, well, come up. Um, this is very ironic. We might be going to Michael Bay's party on Friday night. <laughs> Rick Myers invited <laughs> us. He's having a, a show on a on the USS Midway. Yeah, for the last ship. For the last it's a television ship. show. Really? He produces. And and I was like, Chris and I had to have a discussion about it. We did, this. we I'm did. Like, I go, it's Michael Bay. But, but it is an aircraft it's carrier. It's not an aircraft yeah. carrier. That's fucking pretty badass. Yeah, like, yeah. Wouldn't you wouldn't go to a Michael Bay thing? I mean, like, I, I maybe because you guys are like movie purists, but... We are. We're very opposed to I him. like things that go boom, and I like all that stuff. Yeah, but there's a million... All the time? All the... No, I, not I, all I, the I, time. I give you a list of movies to watch that had boom popcorn that right. aren't... That dumb, were... That aren't yeah. insulting. Anyway... I would gonna, go see... I don't know. I'm just weird like that. Yeah, we're... I know. We're going. We're you've had a butthole competition on your show. That's so, so true. That's, that's where you're coming. That's so true. <laughs> I wear with a badge <laughs> of honor. The mayor of butthole town. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So anyway, that's what we're doing out of Comic-Con. So if you're down in the San Diego area, uh, come to the convention on Thursday. Come to Rick Meyer's saying go see Sam at the Madhouse Comedy Friday, Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's awesome. It's always a great time. All right, let's talk some movies. Yes. Now, The Purge Anarchy. I, I didn't get a chance to see it. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about okay. it. I'm excited about it. I have, a, I have a lot. I mean, this movie... Okay, we when we discussed the first one, which whatever came out a year ago, maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing we said about the first one was great intention of social commentary. Right. Low budget, $3 million. They shot it in three weeks at that house. I remember another reviewer saying The Purge had a lot on its mind, but not a lot to say. Yeah, it just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a great quote. Yeah. Right. Isn't that great? And and so we kept talking about when that when the first one came out about... Oh man, they they hinted at this and hinted at that. I wish they had more money. Right. Well, they did, and I think this film. It takes place in downtown L.A. Mm-hmm. It starts a couple hours before, and everyone's scrambling around. And I think they really handled the social commentary. They went. They went. They you know they alluded to it. Obviously, that's that's the theme of the first right. one. That's the theme of this world where the purge exists which is like a couple hours of just 12 hours do whatever you want and that no laws no laws and that thins the herd and all that stuff and keeps the crime rate down did they do like get it out of your system (laughs) you got 12 get the raping out get it out did they be cool after that just get it out did they do that great like kind of voiceover montage where they talk about like uh if you're a certain political level you're exempt you're exempt yeah certain (laughs) weapons aren't allowed um, you know, class this and this aren't allowed. Like they do that whole thing, the lead up to it, which it already tells you it's not fair. Right. Certain politicians are exempt from it. It's not fair. And as they alluded to in the first one, it's really about um, getting rid of poor people. Yeah. I mean, the purge to me is just like, what if America was a third world country? That's really all it is. Like, like, this is Brazil. This is, like, everything in mm-hmm. really poor parts of Eastern Europe, you know, just where it's, like, rich people get to do what they want, and poor people just shank each other, and just women disappear mysteriously. Yeah, and then, Sorry. Yeah. And, well, that's it's funny you bring up Brazil, because leading up to the World Cup, they were just sending out military units oh, yeah. through the favelas. Yeah. Just, like, cleaning house. And it was, like... Well, these guys are poor. Nobody knows who they are. We'll fucking take them out. And that's what a lot of the protests, a lot of Brazilians were like, this is bullshit. And, you know, having known known a lot of Brazilians and, and hearing that, they were like, and they would tell me that. I'm like, no, that's not true. They're like, no, no, Graham. That's what happens. Oh, yeah. They used to... They used to hunt like homeless kids. Yes, there was a group of like some like cops who decided to go rogue and they would just hunt homeless kids. Yeah. It's crazy. That's really what the purge is. And, and honestly... That's what they're they're saying, and you know, uh, uh, America. Let's be honest, is a racist, violent country. Like we want to think that it isn't, but it is. Uh, but but I would also say that I think just the Earth is a racist, sure. violent place. Yeah. I I mean, I, I'm not like America, you know, but there's a lot of places no, where, right. like, I mean, you watch some like football games on the pitch, and they're making monkey sounds when the guys, you know, kicking. Guy the, yeah, the ball. it's just like. It's just people are just crazy like right, that. Right. It's just it's horrible. It is. Yeah. It is. You can turn on the TV and watch the human race de-evolve at any time, at any moment, anywhere around the planet. We just have f- shinier toys. That's all. Right. Exactly. No, that's a great way to put it. And and this movie, man. So this this young couple is 
going to the store a couple hours beforehand. And they break down, right? That's in the trailer. Well, yeah, they break down, but it's like there's this group of young guys. and th- This movie does a pretty decent job, I thought, of if it actually happened. This like, is what it would be this like. This is what it would be like. Like, really, today, if this were to happen today, this is what it would be like. And you see these young guys with these fucking crazy faces and and face paint and masks, and they're like, yeah, and it's like, this is horrifying. You know, I'm in the theater looking around going, how many people in here would be like, just going yeah. crazy? <laughs> and, and I'm just like, you know, violent, the whole like, get it out of your system is so, it doesn't, and what this movie is saying is, it doesn't work. Violence begets more violence. Yeah, 100%. There's no, there's no two ways about it. And so this movie shows, you know, and, and they even say, they're like, oh, no, we're, we're near downtown, and that's where everybody comes to purge. Well, if you live in L.A. like we do, I mean, obviously, in the last 10, 15 years, they've made downtown L.A. a lot better than it was. Oh, way better. So much better. But when, like 15 years ago? It's horrifying. It was horrifying, horrifying. dude. Now, do, do they go into like the... Um like that kind of like propaganda and the politics of like, look at all the good the purge yes, does. Yes. They do like, look, crime rates are down. Yes. It's a good thing. And they have um, uh, that actor, uh, Dick Dye, who was ex-military, who's been a military consultant, a million military movies. He's been in every movie. If you guys Google him, go on, you'll see him and go, oh, I've seen this guy in a million military movies. He always plays like some, hey man, officer. He's the president. And they just show him on TV talking about, and he says these little subtle things, which I thought were very interesting and, and well done by the filmmakers. He's like, when my regime was voted in, and there's this like hint of like, how how you know what kind of election the word regime right there lets yeah. you know something yeah. right there they didn't it wasn't a democratic election yeah 100%. you know what i mean and when i won 99% of the vote yeah because <laughs> only 99% of the people who would vote for me were allowed to vote yeah. that's basically what you're saying <laughs> exactly and so so there's that and then there's um you see like the these you know two young women and the the the, the middle class and poor are like, they're all like, okay, stay safe, stay safe. That's what they're all saying to each other. And they go home and they make up, they have a barricade, but it's not the high end yeah. that rich people have. Yeah. And then the guy breaks in and he's like, I saved money for this um, barricade buster gun. So, and they talk about that. And then there's, uh, and, and this guy's this average Joe working, but on purge day, he's like crazy. He's like, it's my fucking right. Yeah. You know, and you're like, this is awful. Which is the, I mean, like, I, listen, I believe in the right to bear arms, but the whole notion, that's the same thing with guns. Like, more guns were safer. No, there are places on this in yeah. on this planet where everybody has a gun. Like, Afghanistan. Grandma, yeah, <laughs> everywhere. It's not safe. <laughs> Rwanda, there's no safety. Everybody with guns. When did that begin? We used to have that. It was called the Wild West, yeah. right? And you imagine if what traffic any, would be right now with, if there was yeah. every two seconds there was a draw at noon, and right. you're just like can't go that way. There, two dudes are shooting it out. It's math. If that were true, this would be the safest country on earth for the amount of right. guns we have per capita of people. Right, it's, it's, and it's not. It's not. And so. every and and they talk about the economics of it. There's then there's an un, there's young girl is watching on the internet. There's this underground anti purge movement. And they're like, we're sick. It's, it's for rich people to kill poor people. Because, they, again, they said, you know, that per, everyone goes downtown L.A. to purge. Well, we also know even today, as much better as downtown L.A. is, there's still a lot of homeless people down there. And so basically that's what this, this new regime did was, oh, we're going to get rid of the 
the undesirables. You could see that happening. Uh, you know, I've lived in LA for about 13 years, and you could see where people, they systematically move people out of an area. Was it kind of subsidized a little bit, like in the movie, where it was like, well, you know, if it's your duty to kind of go and clear out these areas, and then, you know, you get like a voucher or anything like no, that? No, it's not even that. It's, 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 it's your duty to purge, <laughs> and then, and then, you're, then, then here are all these things you can buy. Like they really sh- went more into the economics of it. I mean, they did that in the first one of like right. he's selling, he's rich because right. he's been selling security systems. Right. So now it's like, well, you need this security system and you need this gun, and well, this gun is, you know, like it's this escalation. Y two K. Yeah. Y two K. Oh man, everything's gonna blow up if you don't buy this program. Save your computer. Everything's gonna be lost. And you need canned goods and um, water, and you mm-hmm. gotta you're 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 going. It's gonna be the it, it's gonna be Fear a bunch of hillbillies it's running a around. Big business. One minute after, uh, and that's what <laughs> they do. And that's and and so there's this <laughs> underground movement that's like this is bullshit, and they're showing the you know videos of this is the money being made. It's good for the economy. Mm-hmm. If well, we take this away, we're hurting the job creators. Yeah, sure. yeah, that's it. If you don't purge, and people aren't going to have jobs. It, there's, <laughs> and that's they get more into that. I mean, look at this country. Every time there's a school shooting and it's in the news, gun sales go up. For two reasons. Yeah. One of them is that fear. You can't protect yourself unless you have a gun. Yeah. Or the Democrats are going to take your guns away. You better buy them now. 100%. So. Yeah. <laughs> and so- <laughs> That's the, exactly what it is. And the gun industry is doing great. And this this movie just kind of says, well, here's where we could potentially go. And this is what it would actually be. And, you know, it, it's, it's- It's great science fiction, these movies. I mean, they're-, uh, they're It would they're, never happen. They're- uh, <laughs> And they're they're little like they're marketed as horror movies, and they put those hooks that aren't necessarily necessary as horror movies. They're really science fiction movies because this is it, this is complete <laughs> science fiction. This is like, and it's weird. It's funny you say that. Every trailer before it was a horror movie, right? And they, it's that they horror movies now all have the same trailer. By the way, yeah, oh, yeah, one hundred percent. Hot chick, yeah, hot chick, and then <laughs> and then and then they fast cut, fast cut, fast cut, fast cut. Silence. Huh, yeah, yeah. one hundred. Huh. Some crazy Asian jumps out of Whatever. nowhere, or just the creepy kid yeah, with the yeah, tap, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. scar across their face. So mm-hmm. meow, meow, meow. You know, like yeah. or, it's weird a, or it's a mirror. It, yeah, or right. You see the demon in the mirror. Like I saw the same trailer four in a row. But anyway, yeah. you were saying that this is science fiction. Yeah, it really is because it it satisfies all those requirements of um, what if, what would happen, and let's. Um, let's watch to the actual conclusion of this idea. And that's what you get to see in these movies. Can uh, I ask, movies. when you looked around at the crowd, what was the demographics? <laughs> it was everybody. So when I saw it, there and, was like just me and a couple people. And were they around. wearing masks? And they all looked like me. <laughs> and we were just like, well, we're the same creepy people. Uh, but when you, look, when you were there... What, what, what was the demographic? I see, usually these horror films, women love these horror films. Well, this, again, I don't know that I would call this a horror movie, and I think the way it's been marketed, and I, and I heard I heard two guys behind me talking who had obviously seen the first one, and they were kind of having a similar discussion of, oh, wow, they had a bigger budget, they could do more. Like, we were in, the whole movie, you're in downtown LA, and the streets are, like, they, they, they did some cool stuff. And they showed you, like, they said stuff, oh, didn't you know that's how the rich purge? They just pay, like... 
Sam, I get to kill you and I'll give your family a hundred grand. What? And you'll come to my mansion where I'm protected. So I don't have to get go out and risk anything oh. on purge night, but I get to fucking kill. And you see the rich family in a circle doing they praying. We the founding fathers find you know, like they show the religious component, like, oh, religion. Again. You know, it's like, you know, you Chris, you and I were raised Catholic, that whole like, do whatever you want. Just go in the confessional booth yeah. and uh, a couple of Hail Marys and you're good. You Wash know? your hands. And so they really did a lot of that. Now, structurally as a film, there's a couple predictable things in there. Sure. Um, but I got to say, they really they really did a great job in terms of just what a sequel can be. Now, would you say it's better than the first one yeah. and more focused? It's better, more focused. And shows you, like, they didn't have the money in the first one to show you. You just saw the right. cameras, like, oh, we're going to watch some Purge feeds. This, you were in it. Sometimes, right. it's so interesting when there's a movie that's kind of indie, then it gets the big right. budget. And, like, sometimes they can make the jump, and sometimes, like, Blair Witch, they just oh, weren't oh, able to go anywhere. But this one, it definitely right. were able yeah. to make a... A nice jump. And I don't think this was a giant jump in budget. It was probably it went from three to probably ten or fifteen. Yeah, million. something like that. It's not like it went to like yeah, you know, like a, a to Michael Bay or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The purge plosions. <laughs> Robot purge. Yeah. Purge in space. Purgency. Um, it is. Yeah, exactly. The budget was estimated at nine million dollars, so it went from three to nine. Um, but it brought in $30 million. And I think you, you again, not, and they did, this one was interesting too. No huge stars. Right. No big you don't names. need Just them. really good looking people. No. They cast it really well. Really? They did it. They had, I mean, the lead guy was definitely like, lead guy, good looking. But, but they had, they had some cute people, but they had like, they did a good job of casting like, what right every because they're really showing the poor in the middle class. Maybe I have lower standards to you. I just everybody's, <laughs> just everybody's good looking. My six is your ten. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in upstate New York, man. We got pick. We're lucky to get a four or five. Some unattractive people up that way. Um, but that's why I had to pick from. So yeah, I would I would say I would uh, if you if you were intrigued or at least kind of like the first one, I think you should really see this one because I came out of it and it was physically like wow. It, I was uh, it was it did its job. You were ready to kill somebody. Oh, I couldn't wait mm-hmm. to the purge. Someone grab your samurai sword. I I was You're like, right. Taking out the trash. It's my right. No, I was literally the next day. I train. I when I'm home, I practice my samurai sword every morning on my roof. The next morning, I was like, no. I don't want a weapon in my hand because I was just too creeped out by that whole concept mm-hmm. of like looking around going all of some of my neighbors are murderers. 364 days a year, they're nice and let me help. Okay, hey, thank you. And I'm going to church. But this purge day justifies me to act like the worst. And, and I really, they, the, the filmmakers did a good job. Oh, good. Showing it was a class issue, like the mm-hmm. po- the rich get to take advantage of it. One hundred percent, man. Know, they did they did a really good job. It was so. great. So anyway, that's that. So let's talk about Snowpiercer. Let's do it. Now, so interesting. It's, it's really now that you're talking about the purge, uh, uh, a fair amount of the same themes actually are hit on in Snowpiercer, <laughs> right? Uh, because it takes have, place in the future. It takes place in the future. Um, the interesting setup is that everyone's worried about global warming. 
So they put a chemical into the uh, atmosphere to cool things down, but it cool things down, cools things down too much, and it freezes the planet. Right. So the only surviving uh, humans are on this train that goes circles the globe and snow dogs and and snow dogs, <laughs> yeah. And then they know it's uh, they so know this it's is a Disney, yeah. <laughs> And they know it's a new year. They go happy new year when they cross like a certain bridge every year because they know they've circled the earth and it's it's been a year. So that's how they kind of tell time. Okay. So when they they so here's the thing about this movie. I liked it. It's good. However, I don't want to oversell it because if I say it's like amazing or fantastic and you see it and you're like, well, it's you know it was good, but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't like the the best science fiction movie ever. It was it definitely had some weird quirks to it, but. Here's the thing about it. It was an amazing vision and an amazing way it came together. Everything from it's like a French graphic novel, a Korean director. They shot it like in Prague. And the, it's the cast UN. is from. Yeah, literally it is. The UN. The cast is literally it's the from World Cup the of world. movies. Yeah, it is. And it was not funded in LA. It was, a, it was independently funded uh, overseas. And. Uh, even but and one of the screenwriters was American, mm-hmm. so that wrote it with the, the Korean it is, director. It is based on a French graphic novel, yes. correct? Yes, and the Korean director is the director of the host, um, which is a really good, a good monster movie, a good yeah. monster movie, uh-huh. and has really good social commentary. Yes, so I'm watching this movie and I'm looking at it, and uh, as I'm watching it, I'm realizing, oh, this is satire. The way he set it up is it's like Robo, the original RoboCop, where it's the extreme violence, it's the class system, it's you know poor versus rich, and how everybody has their place, everything has their place, and they they hammer those themes in over and over and over again. And some of the times they do it in a really like almost like broadly comedic way that's almost like it it, it it's a cultural thing because you've got a Korean director and you, you you're trying to hit like satire. So it doesn't always come across. It sometimes it comes across as too goofy, like um, Tilda Swinton's character, like with the the weird teeth. It got. Do you think it got in the way? It definitely got in the way. What that that it was a foreign director? Um, No, that it was um, that it wasn't sure. Like if it wanted to be satire, commentary, or just like a goofy kind of comedic scene like that. Like it really it, it went a little bit all over the map and. But the way, um, as I was watching this movie, the overall package is great. It's just, it's got these little weird quirks with story and uh, characters and scenes, like just little stuff here and there. Like to give you an example, one of the things is that uh, as you're learning about these characters, as they're going through the train, it's almost like, you know, the raid as they're going through (laughs) each train car. um, You learn a little bit about the characters, but you don't learn a lot until the end. Like, the end is so top-heavy with exposition and speeches. You can't have every character make a speech at the end of the movie. You can't do that. Security guard one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm here to tell you that the martial arts kid stands for what we all should stand for. (laughs) Now it's your turn for a speech. So yeah, and they they literally they, they just loaded it up at the end like no everyone should not be doing backstory and speeches at the end of the movie mix that up but put something in the middle my father told yeah. me you will become security guard number one if you live a path of righteousness so that, suddenly that was, I had an accent illusion <laughs> the back exits are closed if you have to leave so use the front entrance so, so there was a couple of like really like weird quirky things like that about the movie but he, here's the amazing thing about this movie it, you could tell it was such 
a self-contained vision of the director. Like you, there were no, you, there's no way you could note that movie. There's no, there's, there was no notes. There was no meddling. There was nothing. He got this in, financed independently. He made the movie he wanted to make. And then I was reading too, he shot his edit, which means that's really ballsy, which means he only shot the scenes he was going to use for the movie. And that means really? he shot no coverage. And that means when he got into the editing room, if there was a, something wrong or he had to change a scene, there was no footage to cut to. Really? He, yeah. So that was an unbelievably ballsy was that, thing was that to just do. Is that ballsy, crazy, or was, stupid? Was that, was it's, that just it's like a he, combination of those things? Did he have things. no money? Was no, that what it no, was? he had the money. I think it was. I think it was a choice because he storyboarded it so meticulously. Did he do what Pauly Shore does when he gets a project? Keeps help, most of it and only uses a little bit on the actual production of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess no, because Chris Evans needed uh, to get paid. And, let me and ask John you Hurt something. Are you Ed saying Harris. you'd like to The Purge, Pauly Shore? <laughs> <laughs> Body, what's up? Boom! <laughs> no, I love Pauly. Um, my question is, like, here's what comes with me in movies. Because they've gotten so expensive to go see now. It's like your room for error is so much smaller now. You can't just be like, it may be good, it may be bad, but it's five bucks. Let's just go see a movie. Right, now it's exactly. like... Okay, I'm bringing a day. I got, you know, buying all this. I'm going to be 30, 40, 50 bucks in this thing. I want to hit it on the head. Exactly. I want to knock it out of the park. And that's not including if you pay a babysitter. Then after that, it's like another 30, 40, sometimes $50 if you had dinner. Uh, but one thing I did like about this movie is that it was on demand. So you could actually, it was in theaters and on demand at the same time. That's so interesting. So I could actually um, watch it. Does that work out? Do, do they ever? You know what? It, it does sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't. It depends on the movie. Like for a movie like this, on demand is essential for this movie because it's not going to be playing in every movie theater, and there's a high demand for it because it's also a genre film. Anything science fiction, horror does a lot better on an on demand kind of thing. Um, now, this movie, like I said, I liked it. I thought the movie really um, was. I would say brought to another level by the acting. I mean, Chris Evans did a really nice job. I mean, you've got even, I think somebody was from The Help. I think was it, um, I can't remember, there was a, a girl from The Help. She was great. Uh, John Hurt was in it, Ed Octavia Harris. Spencer. Octavia Spencer, yeah. She did an amazing job. And, you know, you get into all these things about class and know your place and, oh, you were born in the back of the train. Why would you even think you could come to the front of the oh, train? Oh, that's and, so interesting. And, uh, Social... Uh, now, hierarchy based now, on the, the card is, number cool. the thing that was interesting was that uh i think in the graphic novel there was something like hundreds of train cars like sure. tons of train cars but you couldn't show that in a movie but uh uh what i loved is seeing like the different train cars like one was like an aquarium where they would have seafood and there was a sushi bar and it was like the aquarium train and then there was one was the restaurant one had a pool in it like as you were walking forward but the ones in the back were all like you know they're all like like just the the, the tiny little cars that all the poor people huddled into yeah like the bottom of the titanic that's what they made it look like where were and, the uh, tranny hookers we were donut time train car (laughs) donut time there i think they uh purged that one but uh i think they went through but uh but there was a lot of like little weird quirks you really get here's the thing about this movie you really got to suspend disbelief and you really got to just kind of overlook a lot of these like niggling little details like oh well there are a lot of soldiers in the beginning why are there no soldiers near the you know engine which is the most critical part of the right. train <laughs> you know like like things like that um 
you know, but but you just you just got to let that go and just enjoy. You them. have to yeah. sometimes because I, if you're if you're already on board with a train that circles the globe and the last of humanities, yeah, you got you got to let the other stuff go. One hundred percent. So uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was it was the kind of movie that you're glad it got made. It was completely made outside any type of studio system, and it was also made. It was almost like the trains themselves kind of pieced together from like good actors, different countries, different funding and. Um, it was a real kind of like issue, global effort. I, I'm curious about is according to IMDb, the budget on it was like close to forty million dollars, and it didn't do. I mean, it's only made like three or four million dollars here, right? So I'm wondering a what it's going to do internationally, which it might have a it might have better pull internationally. It's definitely going to start doing uh, better internationally, and again here it's there's no advertising. You right. really have to know anything about genre and movies or go to comic-con to know snowpiercer was coming out and the other thing didn't get a wide release at all no no and and it will make money on demand um but it's yeah it's it's the kind of movie that's going to live or die through word of mouth yep is it going to be good word of mouth you think i think it will be yes yeah like i said it's uh there's those uh, on the whole it's actually a really fun good science fiction movie it's just you got to Ignore some of these right. details, and um, you're willing to do it. I mean, if you're on board, you're on board. You're gonna you're gonna let a lot of that stuff slide. So you yeah. ever watch a movie with somebody who can't follow a movie, and then there's a lot of that movie magic. And they're like, "Why would this? I don't know why it's happening. It just it's in the movie. <laughs> okay, it's movie magic. Just accept this magical place." Like Ray Donovan does that a lot mm-hmm. in the TV show, but <laughs> right. my girlfriend never can follow anything, so I have to explain everything as we go and then something that makes no f- sense whatsoever will happen and then it's like explaining to a child why the sky is blue you know it's, <laughs> it just is it is i don't know why but this is how it works out so you have to watch a movie with like wikipedia up on the ipad 100 <laughs> percent. because i wanted to ask you guys you guys watch a lot of movies but you also have to kind of like take notes at the same time right. you can't go hey hold on stop let me yeah. write this down so you guys it's got to be really hard to follow and or do you guys just keep it in your head i keep it in my head i don't write i no, don't, I don't write, write that while i'm watching I, here's what i usually do i i see, look stuff up on imdb i look up stuff when i get home i'll do, maybe look up who did this or if i didn't know going in but a lot of things that i will do is if I see the movie with a friend, immediately we'll have a conversation about it, and I'll kind of put my thoughts together because that's what this is. This is just like a conversation, so I'll do it that way, or I'll call someone or something, and kind of I, I sort of view it like how I do stand up. I'll think of something in my head and, and just riff it on stage. Riff it on stage, stage, right? Yeah, I'm big on that too. Yeah, if I, if I overthink the joke by the time I get on stage. It's almost stale to me, and I can't. Mm-hmm. I like, to, yeah. So that's interesting. So I just kind of like, as the movie's going, sometimes in my head I'll be like, well, what am I? How am I going to talk about this on the show? And I'll be like, oh, I'm going to say this and that, and it's going to remind me of this or whatever. So, all right, cool. Let's do. Uh, we'll do one more. We'll okay. Do, we'll do one more film. Um, I saw uh, Begin Again, um, the Mark Ruffalo, Kira Knightley. Uh, yeah, yeah. Indie film, which was uh, directed by uh, John Carney, who did that other uh, cool kind of similarly themed uh, Once. Uh, this is a nice little movie. It's a nice little... Is it a romantic comedy or is it more of a drama? Um, I think it's more of a drama. It definitely has funny parts in it. Mark Ruffalo plays like a... a, a he, he was like a big time music executive who's kind of fallen on hard times. He's a little bit of a fuck up. Does he have a train? 
It does have a train, and the train, he has to play a guitar to keep the train going. Otherwise, the rich people kill him. It's, it's really great. It's a really solid movie. So, Free bird, let's yeah, go. Exactly. There's that guy on the train. Um, so, uh, no, it's, it's a cool little thing. It takes place in New York, and 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 Kira Knightley is, is, I love her when she's in movies like this. When she's in a gown in the 1600s running yeah. around. Going, when she's fighting people, I'm like, you're... Yeah, I do a joke about her. It's like the only thing she's fighting is anorexia. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, you see her swinging swords. It's like there's no way that's really happening. There's no way. Yeah, that's swords made out of paper. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love Mark Raphael. I think he's a really great actor. I think his career is great. I always get told we have the same voice, like we sound exactly <laughs> the same. But I, I love his career because he'll do like the Incredible Hulk. Sure. In, mm-hmm. a, in a, you know, in, in a big movie, and then he'll do movies like this. I think he's he's one of those guys who just loves acting and, and great he, at it and he's really good at it and and he'll t- yeah okay you come with me with this avengers yeah of course i'll take that payday and who doesn't want to play hulk yeah who doesn't want right, of course exactly. you'd say yes to that but then i can go to new york for four or five weeks and do this really cool mm-hmm. little indie film yeah that's also kind of a uh it's a little bit of a love story to manhattan yeah the way they make this new album and 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 it's again this is where i love kira knightley is in roles like this where she's just playing like an English chick in New York that's a musician and 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 playing that sort of, you know, delicate flower almost kind of what? like strong but then insecure about things and 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 kind of I'm not sure like I I don't know like, like she really she really pulled that off, um, and then when her character is like no I really want to do this this is what I believe it's believable because you're like you know you believe that Kira Knightley is going to be has a strength to her. Yeah. It's like a yeah, tough will. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. Can she pick up a sword? And yeah, I don't know. She but, could go bounty hunting on people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know that. That's how, does, gonna... how do you think she would do in the purge? By the way, <laughs> <laughs> why is this waif model swinging swords at us? I think she would, maybe she would have to release the beast. Sam. Yeah. Then she'd have to get out there and get some of that English rage going. But, um, it's a cool little film. It's I think it's got kind of a not a totally wide release, obviously, but it, it's it's if you can see it in the theater, it's great. If it's not playing in your town, look for it when it comes on video on demand right. or on, are these movies passion projects? Would you say like I think so. like are, are are the goals of movies like this necessarily to just because someone loves the story? It's such an interesting thing with movies. Like Snow Piercer definitely was like that. He like uh, he said he fell in love with the graphic novel I was making, the host. Mm-hmm. So, I think you know, uh, yeah, I think the, the goal to make money or just break even at this point. I think well, I my opinion or what, what I can the goal of the is, investor is to make money. The goal yeah. of the investor is to make, but I think what they do with the film like this, yes, it is a passion project. I don't think they're going in to break even. I think they go in and they say low budget. We'll give you know Mark and Kira are huge names. We'll give them big back end points, and we'll make this for a lower budget. And everyone goes in going, yeah. Yeah, and, the, and, the budget's critical. That's just what you're you, saying. You keep the budget low. You make this. You make this movie for five million dollars. It could do 10, 15. No mm-hmm. one's going to get rich off of it. But I think, too, especially people like Keira Knightley and Mark Revelo, who are like, at least from what I can gather from their career choices, they like acting. Yes. And I think if you, you pitch to them and you say, hey, between this giant project and that giant project, will you guys come to Manhattan for four weeks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember- You know, uh, like- when I, I actually, uh, a couple years ago, I had a meeting at- um, James Cameron's company was a uh, Lightstrom Entertainment. And it was right after uh, Solaris had come out, the George Clooney movie. 
And the stu- they was t- they were telling me about how angry the studio was and all this stuff for that very reason because you have this low budget um, science fiction artsy movie that just happened to cost eighty million dollars yeah. <laughs> because of all the bloated salaries and the so systems and stuff. And it's like, and they said, you know, we can't throw money away like that on you know the small type mm-hmm. of stories. If this, like, if you would have remade Solaris. It's an, a Russian science fiction movie. If you would have made it for $4 million, and you could have, it takes place all in a space station, um, you could have easily have like kind of a cool, fun, you know, um, science fiction movie. But when as soon as you have it, an $80 that, million write-down, yeah. well, That movie it. isn't about the special effects. Exactly, It's a human exactly. story. It takes place in space. Being in space is part yes. of it. But you, like you said, you could have done that on a sound stage. Yeah, easily, easily. Shot with, it with, in, a, in a month. With much smaller salaries. Yeah. <laughs> And the the, the someone lost the, their job with that decision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think and multiple. The, the problem is the. Uh, the da- I think they did a, the purge. At yeah, they definitely <laughs> did the purge after that. The the problem with that is damage gets done, and the, the wrong kind of damage. If someone that greenlit that got fired, fine. But the takeaway is always, oh well, we can't make in you know small movies like this anymore. Yeah, you can. Yeah. You can make them all the time just for the right just budget. for the right budget. Exactly. It's not the material is not the problem. You know who does it's the that? Accounting. It's television, but IFC is really good at that i feel like they're great at taking stuff be like you're a big name but we'll give you a show but it's gonna be a lower budget and you could do what you want to do where where maybe a show that on ifc would die on nbc sure. because right, it would exactly. never get those kind of numbers right. but it's better to give them a lower budget let them do what they want to do yeah it's there's a, so many examples of, of 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 and you can tell that the whole the production companies the filmmakers and the actors when they all go into it knowing low budget we know this isn't going to make $200 million at the box office, but if we keep the budget low, we have a little money for marketing, we can, we can turn a profit on this. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? And I, and I, I think especially the numbers are so inflated in Hollywood that any other, tell me any other business where if I came to you and said, let's spend $5 million and we bring back $10, you'd go, eh. yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like that's the biggest problem in Hollywood. It just they don't understand small ball. It's a baseball. Yeah. Small ball. Yes. There's nothing wrong with small ball. Get a single. Get a double. Nothing wrong. Keep moving. Score, score. Everything's got to be grand slams. Yeah. And it's like, you're going to be swinging. You're going to be missing on yes. a lot. You're trying to tell me a $5 million profit, a, 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 a 100% return on your money is not, that's bad? Yeah. Like, what, what are you talking? Like, you know, you do any other investment, you get 5% return on investments. Like, yeah, wow. Anything over 4%, you're like, this is great. But Hollywood, 100%. you have to make a billion dollars yeah. or... That's f- Bernie Madoff per, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> money you're making there. But if you don't, you're a complete failure. Anyway. It's so interesting. They should just have little departments of these giant studios. Whole job is to make... Four or five million dollar movies, they're gonna make them they, 10, 15 million dollar They profit. used to, they, they shuttered them. Yeah, they used to have like when the big indie boom was happening, mm-hmm. like in the 90s, every division had like a little art, you know, art division, and they but they were churning out movies every single year. They ca- started calling them stindies because they were indie movies, but they were funded by the studios just at lower budgets, and then that all kind of collapsed. Now it's just micro budgets or Avengers. Well, the, the thing so is, it's though, hard to get that mid-range budget anymore. What hopefully is starting to happen, though, with with movies like Begin Again, and even you talked about it with Snowpiercer, is is there's a digital life for this movie yes. to where it can make a profit. Bring Video back on the demand. 10 to $40 million budget. Right, exactly. Like you just talked about. You want to go to the movies with your date. It's 40 or 50 bucks. Or you could just download it for seven. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. and eat and order in, you know what I mean, or make your own food, and all of a sudden this date night is is it's twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. But I feel that people love going to the movies. It is no event. question. It is a cool thing, and 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 so. But again, people love to get. I mean, like you're you guys are stand up comics, you know. It's yeah. like you guys know that if you go to a cold area, the and it's winter, the place is going to be packed. packed. But if you go in there in spring and summer, those people have cabin fever. They don't want right. to come back in. People like to get out of the house. And even mm-hmm. though going inside to see a movie is still going inside, it's still getting out of their house. Out of house. your own house. Right. <laughs> Especially yeah. when you've been stuck inside because it's been a long right. winter. Or 100%. And I think some people are figuring this out, though. I think, I think some so. indie filmmakers, yeah, yeah. these indie studios now are, are like... Like Judd Apatow had something to do with his production company and all these other smaller production companies helped make Begin Again. And because I was looking at the credits and I'm looking at IMDb right now and I'm like, oh, I see what they're doing. And they're all going, well, we could get, with Mark Ruffalo and Keira Knightley, we can get distribution in theaters and we can make some money on video on demand and all this stuff. So I think I think there's a, because everything is changing in this in this digital world now as as we're people who are making money from our podcasts that I think there's room for more of these movies are starting to, to, to get a little, and all you need to now, okay, you don't have a $40 million marketing budget. Just get people buzzing about it online. You know what I mean? And I think that's like, there's publicists now that only do online. Yeah. They only do social mm-hmm. marketing and online. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, talk about, we do have an ad read to do today. Well, oh, oh yeah. And this exciting. is a, one of the Kickstarter ads. Um, from Earbuds, and we want to tell you guys to listen to the Cyber Babble podcast on iTunes. Now, this is an Australian podcast, and this uh, Rowan Cook and Tim Petrovic uh, run this podcast, and Rowan was nice enough to donate. He actually did the ad uh, read extreme over $700 pledge. Dude. Thank you so much. To, uh, and we want to talk about his podcast. Now, these guys are really busy. I looked at their podcast. They don't release all the time because they're busy doing videos and other mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, the podcast is described as a random talking about the world, the world, random talking about the world's issues and other stuff. So it's a very broad podcast. And I was looking at some of the stuff that they talk about. They talk about everything from movies to their stories about being in school to Sonic the Hedgehog. So they go... Everything. They talk about pretty much a pop culture type podcast. And kind of what we were just talking about in terms of this new digital economy. Like this mm-hmm. is this is really cool. These guys have this podcast in Australia. They supported Earbuds, mm-hmm. which was completely funded by fans and podcasters. Um, and one of the things they're getting out of it is now mm-hmm. us spreading the word about their podcast. And we know yeah. you guys that listen, you like hearing about a new podcast Absolutely. or an indie film or whatever. So this is a cool thing. Go give it a listen. Check these guys guys out you know and 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 australia we have a lot of fans that listen in australia i'm yeah. sure you do too oh so. yeah i love when people who let's say not let's live in new york or la they do their own little podcast because they just in, have a passion for yep. producing mm-hmm. their own art and i think it's so cool so i'll get a call from say, hey can you do my podcast i'll do some so hey dude you want me to come on your podcast you're in houston you're in tennessee you're in i, I think that's so cool mm-hmm. instead of being like I got to get on the road. I got to find a way to get people to follow me, which is cool too, but it's also cool when you're just doing it for the love of the game. You know what I'm saying? That's the beauty of it. And the other thing too, I mean, obviously like LA is sort of, you know, the birthplace of comedy podcasts. Would you say it's the hub, hubbub or would, hub pub or whatever would, we're saying? I would, it is? I would say yes. the hub. I would say that. Yeah. I would call it the hub of, of comedy podcasts. I feel like way more than New York City. I feel like New York City 
is doing it, but never with the passion that LA was. Well, yeah, I think New York City does do they, it, but not like they us. do do it. And I think. And there's a lot more places to do live performance in New York too. It's a different performers kind of are feel respected to it. in New York more. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think yeah, a lot of podcasts in LA came from the need to survive. Right. That we know. were like, oh, I'm getting one set a week at best. It's yeah. ten minutes. New York, you can do two, three sets a night. You can actually make some money, you know. And uh, people go out and support shows in New York. It's like I'll pay thirty bucks to see a show. L.A. It's like, oh, five bucks. New York is like a road gig in a big city, meaning there's a whole bunch yeah. of people who live there who aren't in the entertainment business who just want to be entertained. Yeah, here everybody's in the entertainment business, right? Yeah, so no one wants to pay for a show. No, I can't get... Nobody buys tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's VIP out here, you know? (laughs) Your guest list when you do a show in LA is like... It's longer than the amount of seats you have. Fuck, man. It drives me crazy. It's insane. And I think think that's one of the reasons why LA became sort of the hub, but, but which is why then... And, and, you know, New York comics are, you know, are doing, there are more New York podcasts and stuff like this. But the thing I like about these shows, like, like this one in, in, in Australia is they're not coming at it from showbiz, New York, LA, or right. whatever. You know what I mean? They're, just they're love. two friends that want to talk about stuff. These guys want to talk about stuff. So, so check it out. Check out Rowan and Tim. Yes. Rowan and, and Tim. Uh, uh, once again on iTunes, it is called. The Cyber Babble Podcast. And you can Cyber get it on Babble on iTunes, Great guys. Name. That's cool. Mm-hmm. It's a cool thing. And it's what it's what this medium is all about. You're anywhere in the world. You want to plug a microphone into your laptop, fucking go for Anyone it. Anyone can hear it. Anyone can hear it. I love it. Um all right. So Sam, uh talk to you. You got a new album coming out. It just came out. It came out in May, late May. It was called it's called Believe in Yourself. And uh Very it did positive really well. message. Yeah, it's if you listen to the whole CD, you totally get it. And uh, it's basically it came out, got number two in uh, America on iTunes, number one in Canada, and I really love it. The feedback has been great. You know, I I, I kind of made a mistake. I didn't put out a lot of, of CDs. Like a lot of people I know are doing one a year, one every two right. years. I waited like five, five, six years. Right. So it's like a culmination of like. Six years of like really great stand up, and it's an hour of power. It's done really well. If you like fun adult comedy, enjoy it. It's it's a really I'm really proud of it. I've done shows with Sam, uh, and dude, you're you're a blast to perform with and to see you Thank on you. stage. It's a guy, and like, the naughty show is really fun. The too, naughty when we show, do, uh, that podcast. I was just because I've been watching footage the last month of all the interviews we've done, and it's been for earbuds, and it's and it's been awesome. And you know, we we typically the, the format was we would interview the podcasters and then and then shoot them recording their show. <laughs> well, we did that with the naughty show and all the other shows. We shoot it and then they set up at their table like we're in a garage or whatever. Sam's like, "All right, man, here we go. <laughs> Bring in the, the circus, <laughs> this fucking clownvis, a dude that dresses up as Elvis but wears clown." Yeah, makeup. he's the king of the clowns. He's the king of the clowns, and he does clown like Elvis clown jokes between his songs, and he does it really deadpan. He's fucking hilarious. He's amazingly fast, funny. He's really sharp. Like when you told me to bring it, I was like, oh boy. Like, but I was like, no, this cat is sharp. He's on it. He's on it. He knows Elvis front to back and then puts clown jokes in the middle of it. Like it's fucking brilliant. So you've got that guy on. Then you had um We had Randall, the honey badger guy, come on <laughs> and we talked about all the crazy stuff. And if you've seen his ba- you know, Honey Badger don't give a shit. Uh, right. That guy came on and uh because it was not a show, I decided to bring in like this video vixen, this legendary one named Malice, who's like yeah. 
in every music video. Everybody Sorry. knows her. So I thought it'd be funny because it was an audio podcast. We were recording while you guys did your video. Right. We would bring in uh, Randall to do play-by-play of Malice's pole dancing. <laughs> so, it was such a cool thing because it, to me, like... The, the earbuds experience was 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 so awesome. I learned so much about podcasting, you know, and, and not really. I mean, we're neck deep in this. Yeah, and we're, I still, still, we're still learning. We're still learning, and and every interview, people would say stuff, and I go, "Fuck, you're right." And the thing that was so cool about during your guys' show was the whole like, it podcasting can be whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, literally whatever you want it to be. You want to have clownvis and a pole dancer and a YouTube sensation. Yeah. Okay. There's no committee that has to there's review no, it. You, I mean, there's no like. <laughs> there's the, no suit going. Listen, uh, demogra- ma- marketing shows us nobody likes that. Yeah. I just love chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I I I want to be That's snow the piercer of on- every comedian we've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> Sam just embraces it more. Yeah. <laughs> I encourage it. Yeah. I throw gasoline on it. No, you max. That. That's what I like. You know, and that's what I do with my podcast. I just love the thought of just like, you don't know. It's like this train going crazy, and you just pray to God it stays on the tracks. And 99.9% of the time it does, and everyone's like, that was insane. But I just, I love, I want to do something different than you would get anywhere else, even on television. I just What's an example of one time it did go off the tracks? Uh I mean, there's a million, there's a million, I mean, we've had girls who came on who were, you know, started, just quiet. And they started crying. Nobody cries. I mean, oh, <laughs> we had an adult film star on our show. We brought Clownvis on. Turns out she has a huge fear of clowns oh. and it got really hilariously awkward in there. <laughs> like the nicest girl and the nicest guy. And she was just like, oh. <laughs> this is, where else are you gonna get it was our big 200th show oh, so wow. uh, we brought in we so didn't played, even plan it no oh no plan God. we just didn't know as soon as she, he walked in she went nuts and she was just freaking out i was like this is chaos <laughs> well dude i love i love the whole i love the vibe of it because it's chaos but you you still keep it like fun and positive like it's not like mean yeah i i definitely try to say, i don't judge that's a right. big i know it sounds crazy but i really don't judge because we get some interesting people on the show and i can't judge them because then i'll start racking them and then it right. then it doesn't work they have to come in here and be very open and free and know that mm-hmm. i'm just gonna try to get the best out of them right and that's really what i want to do and i just you know, I got a big show coming up uh, next Tuesday at the Viper Room. It's my uh, Rock and Pole World Championships. It's I've t- it's karaoke and what, pole what? dancing tag team. I hooked them up. <laughs> it is like, it's the oh old, uh, uh, what's that old, uh, here I go again on my own white, white snake, snake video yeah. where like he's singing yeah. and Tony Katane's just grinding on the cars. Right. That's what I do. I have like uh, the rapper Two Shorts, the celebrity judge. Uh, Steve Rivers from Olymp Biscuit, Malice, they're all judging. And I got 10 teams, and they come up, and their tag team duos, singer, dancer, and they put on a, a, a little, like, song. Dude, it is the most entertaining show you will ever watch in your life. I want to be in. I want to be involved in the next one. Like, I love singing. I have a couple of classics. I sing karaoke. Like- I, would pull, I would team you up with a pole dancer, and together you two will work on two routines that if you were lucky enough to make to the finals, you would do it in the finals. Okay. How to, set me up with the next Here's one. Here's what I'm doing. So I'm doing this one. <laughs> then I'm going 
through the whole city of Los Angeles. I have like five strip bar cabaret bars that want me to hold preliminaries <laughs> in their clubs. I take the top two from each club. They go to the finals. Oh my God, this is great. Damn. And everyone's like, oh, strippers. I'm telling you, it's so much different than that. It is the most entertaining it's show so you will ever watch in your life. I'm in. Like, whatever you need me to do for this in any way. Why is this on to, Bravo? I want, well, what I'm going to do <laughs> is I'm going to shoot this and see if I can get people. Because like people are like, all singing shows are going off TV. But this is so much different. It's it's the most entertaining thing you'll ever see in your life. I got Brad Williams, Tara Patrick's doing burlesque. I have uh, Josh Wolf. He uh -huh. has this band called the Wild Wolf Band. Yeah, right? yeah. They played the forums with Chelsea Handler. How awesome is what? that? She played the forums. That's my. That's uh, that's incredible, dude. Kudos to her, right? Right on. So I got hit. Uh, I got. Do you know who Don Barris is? I know the name. Don Barris does crowd warm up. And he is the literally this comedic mastermind that just got this job as a warm up guy for Jimmy Kimmel, which is an amazing sure, job. Sure, and sure. he's very happy to do it. But he just goes comedy store late night, and it's the most insane thing you'll ever watch because he's just a master mind at manipulating people. He uses crowd members like chess pieces, and he's <laughs> able to get people to do the craziest thing. Well, he's got this band called the Barris Candy Overdrive. Mm -hmm. They're doing a show, and then I got, you know, Clownvis is singing, too. So it's going to be just... It's going to be quite a night. I, I'm uh, Caviar Gold is my sponsor. It's a, They're called the strongest medicine on the planet. It's a weed. They make they grow weed. I have uh, them. Sam's Hofbra, which is this crazy yeah, strip yeah. bar downtown, where they took a Denny's, turned it into a, a strip bar. Greatest place on the planet. <laughs> and then uh, Hustler Store is coming down. So it's wow. going to be a big show. But if you want me in the next one, you're available. I will put you... I'm telling you, dude. Dude, set me up with... It's the closest the you'll ever be to a rock star. A whole packed room of people singing along with you. I'm so on board nice. with this. I'm <laughs> you'll so love it, on dude. board with this. Um, so, all right. Let's talk about DVDs let's real do it. quick. Uh, I've... Uh, we have Transcendence. Oh, boy, uh, that Johnny Depp thing. Yes. What the fuck? He either crushes or swings and a miss. Yeah. It's, not, it's, not in swing. I mean, swing and a miss and splits his pants. And like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so... This movie... You know, it's... Uh, just everyone, money? Everyone, was it a check? Every, no, everyone saw Christopher Nolan's name until they realized he wasn't directing it. Yeah. Um, Single Moms Club and Sabotage. So I... Don't know if I would rent DVDs this week. Wow, uh, it's not a not a big week for DVDs. Right. Now premiering this week in the movie theaters. However, they look like good movies coming out. Hercules. I want to see this. Hercules. You know what? I know, I, I, I want to see it. I love The Rock. He's wearing a lion's head. Yes. And uh, the only thing that makes me a little uh, nervous is Brett Ratner directing. I know. But Brett uh, Ratner. But I do want to see it because uh, I the love The Rock. This is what he was. Yeah, this genetically is genetically designed right, to they, do right. 100. This, this, this is exactly this is what he does. What the Rock should <laughs> by be the doing. way, he will become president and idiocracy will be fulfilled. I'm telling <laughs> you, <laughs> he's got my vote. Yeah. Um. Um. And the next uh, kick-ass hero is Lucy. I'm excited about this. Right? Yeah. Anybody else think this is doesn't look badass? Yeah, it looks excited. cool. Yeah, looks I want to awesome. see it too. It looks great. It's 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 it's. It sounds to me like a cool concept. It sounds like cool science fiction. Right. She looks like... She's hot. She's great. She's a hot badass. Yeah, I like thick chicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw her once on Melrose. I'm like, wow, you're thick, and I like it. Oh, she's gorgeous. Uh, I love her. Magic in the Moonlight. This is actually the new Woody Allen movie that uh, I think has Colin Firth and Emma Stone, Yeah, Emma Stone and Colin Firth are in it. Um, 
where you know she's like a charlatan and then he tries to expose her but then i believe falls for her. so all right um what do you what do you Alan? you're either you're either, for, you're either you yeah. love him or you don't there's something like, for everyone this weekend yeah, at the movie whatever theater. you want and uh oh and that's it that's, that's our we, show yeah. ladies and gentlemen so sam where can people find you on the line sam com at sam triply t-r-i-p-o-l-i uh naughty show.net and punchdrunksports.com you guys, um, listen to the Naughty Show. It's a blast if you haven't already. We it, gotta get you guys back on. We've yeah, always yeah, talked about so doing summer blockbusters, but let's, uh, you know, let's. When you guys, I know you guys are busy editing this thing, but when you have a moment, come back on and we'll talk shop again. We'll do it. Oh, we'll be do great. it because you know what? We'll promote the fact that you're going to be doing the Naughty Show at the Los Angeles. We're very yes. excited. We're trying to work on something really big. Yes, we're gonna see if it can come together, but we will go big. Friday night. Opening night of the festival. These guys are doing the late night slot. It yeah. is everything. It's going to be crazy. Exactly. Be- I turned down a really big gig <laughs> to do this thing because uh, everybody on our show is really excited about it. And they, uh, so we're going to go big on this thing. So guys. I'm very excited. I'm very thankful you guys have asked us to do it again. You're awesome. Cool. They did it the first year. We're lucky to have them back, guys. So uh, check out all the Sam stuff. His new album, Believe in Yourself. Yeah, available on iTunes. Right Excellent. on. Um, is there a physical CD too or is it yeah, just digital? If you go, if you go on allthingsrecords.com, you can buy it there too. Right on. Okay, cool. Yeah, because you did this through All Things Comedy. Okay, yep. awesome. Very cool. They're, Those guys are great. Great label. Al, Bill, the whole group over there are, are class acts, and uh, it's just getting bigger. That's cool, man. Um, all right, guys. Uh, so, of course, as we said, Los Angeles Podcast Festival, September 26th through the 28th. Yes, tickets um, available now. Tickets available. We're about to release the actual schedule, you guys. Yes. Um, so, you know, the Naughty Show is Friday night. But we're going to release the whole schedule, so uh, LAPodfest.com. Um, and uh, we should be putting, we're going to be putting up a way to save a, uh, oh no, the buy through our site, the affiliate thing for the hard tickets. Yes, in, um, uh, in a very convoluted way, we're going to be offering uh, for you to buy tickets through the site, and then Graham and I will get a little taste. A little taste. So <laughs> if you haven't bought your tickets already, you can buy them through us. Um, and uh yeah do we have that code yet yeah we should okay all right he sent it out to all the podcasters but maybe he didn't include maybe us, us because we're running us. the festival <laughs> um so at worst go to lapodfest.com and you can buy it get your tickets uh discount whole hotel rooms are still available they are going fast though oh now wait a minute there's also there's a little glitch uh if you click through from the hotel um it may go may not go all the way through so you can just call and tell them you want the uh yeah the yeah the self hotel had some little thing with their website they're figuring that yes. out if that isn't fixed it should be fixed very quickly if it's yeah, not but if can't. it isn't you can just call they know what you're talking about yeah if you say podfest mm-hmm. um all right guys um that is everything of course that is and we will see you guys we will see you guys at comic-con this week comic-con of course guys go uh at comedy film nerds is the um twitter go to the comedy film nerds fan page on the facebook like it tell your friends to like it spread the word and we will hopefully see you down in sweet home san diego Thank you once again to Sam Tripoli. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.